All right, San Diego Sports Leader, this is the Mighty 1090 as we roll into hour number three. Let us say hello to one of our favorites around here. Long gone to the days of the AHCHCIW, which I now just show off. I just try to show off by remembering those letters here. He is the HC. He's the head coach at San Diego State University. They will be playing tonight an exhibition game against Chaminade. Now, Chaminade might not mean much to some of you younger people out there, people like Jordan Carruth, but Chaminade does represent something for those of us who have been following college basketball for quite some time. I'm sure it means something to Brian Dutcher, the head coach of the Aztecs, who's back on the Mighty 1090. Hello, Dutch. Thanks, Darren. It's great to be back with you. Uh, And a belated happy birthday. Birthday was a couple of days ago. I trust it went well. Yeah, it was good. Jan celebrated hers yesterday, and uh, big week of celebration in the Dutcher house. Well, good. Now, Coach Fisher was in our uh, building yesterday, and I was talking about the fact that you and Mrs. Dutcher went back-to-back, that your birthday is October 30th, and, and your wife's birthday is October 31st, Halloween night. And he started telling us about some of the great throwdowns that you guys would have, some of the great parties that you guys would have. And then he got shuffled off. He went and did a, a podcast with Scott Kaplan. So uh, might I ask, what, what was Coach Fisher talking about yesterday, about these parties that you guys used to have? Well, we had a little tradition that we had already tried to surprise Coach on Halloween, scare him a little bit, actually. So one of them actually involved sending a live goat into his house. And Coach thought it was someone in a goat costume, but it was an actual live goat that we sent into Stephen <laughs> Andy's house. And another one, I think Jan had a flash, a camera flash. We had her cinched up in a plastic bag, and she popped out of there, and I... I was one heartbeat away from being the head coach of Michigan. She almost shot coach into a heart attack. So we, we, we like to prank the Fishers on Halloween. Now, does that tradition still exist today, or is that a thing of the past? No, no more pranking. No more pranking. It was a little easier in Ann Arbor. We'd just get in the car and drive the five minutes over to the Fisher house and celebrate a lot of that together with them, but a lot of fond memories. Okay, now he actually brought that one up. He said that one time you guys like rang the doorbell at his house, and when he opened the door, nobody was there, and then your wife popped up out of, out of some container and scared him. That was the one that he Absolutely. played to us yesterday. Yeah, he, he backed up into the house. He was he was caught completely off guard. So that's more my wife's side. That's not me. I'm not quite the prankster like that. Okay. All right. Yeah. Sure. Way way to just throw Jan under the bus. Uh, where did you get a live goat? I'm just curious because I hadn't heard that one. I don't know where we got it, but we uh, we actually uh, put a walkie-talkie on the goat's neck, so it appeared like the goat was talking <laughs> as we sent him into the house. And it was all fun and games until the 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 goat actually made a mess in their living room which was not the greatest of things, but uh, we all laugh about it to this day. And who was responsible for cleanup? Uh, Jan probably on hands and knees cleaned up. (laughs) Come on, man. You guys are making good money. You couldn't send a cleaning crew in there to clean up after the goat? No, we cleaned up on the spot, but it was was, uh, a highlight moment, a funny moment for all of us. All right. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. Brian Dutcher joining us in San Diego Sports Leader. The Mighty 1090. So, Dutch, here you go, season number two. You know, you're getting set, and, you know, not officially, but you get underway tonight. You have a, an exhibition against Chaminade. How you feeling just overall, you know, where you were a year ago? I know that nothing really caught you by surprise last year, as we discussed several times throughout the course of the regular season, but how you feeling heading into number two? I'm a little worried about our youthfulness. We have 11 eligible players. Eight of them are freshmen or sophomores. So we're young. Uh, some of those young kids do have experience. Jalen McDaniels, a sophomore, started. Uh, Matt Mitchell started last year. Jordan Shackle played a lot of minutes. So three of the sophomores have got minutes. And then, obviously, Hemsley and Watson, senior guards, Narain, a, 
a fourth-year junior. So I've got experience, but I have also have five freshmen that I'm going to have to break into some minutes, and I'm a little bit concerned we're behind the curve more offensively than defensively right now. When do you decide on a starting five? Obviously, you'll put five players out there who will start the game tonight at Viejas Arena, but when do you? how long do you think it takes for you to settle in on who your starting five will be and what everybody's roles will be once you get into the regular season? You know, I've kind of got one in mind. It, you know, I want to play probably Nolan Narain in there, but Nolan's missed some practices. And so up at USC in the close scrimmage, I, I started a smaller lineup. I started uh, uh, Watson and Hemsley at the guards. I started Mitchell and Shackle kind of at the forwards and Jalen McDaniels at the center position. And I don't think – I don't want Jalen at the center all year, and I don't want Matt at a power forward. But uh, tonight I may go with that lineup again just to get started and – I think as the season goes on, I'd like to see uh, a true center in there, Nolan or uh, Joel Mensa or Nathan Mensa, one of the Mensas in there at the post position to give us a little more size and strength. A center, huh? That's not something you hear every day. It's sort of like uh, your football counterpart up there on the Mason Rocky Long playing a fullback. You don't hear a lot of talk about centers out there. Yeah, it's interesting. And Nolan's more of a – he's a stretch five. You know, right. he can step out and make the three. So he's a little different than the other two. But uh, – you know, we've always thrown the ball inside at San Diego State, whether it's football running game, it's uh, San Diego State basketball post play. So whether it was Winston Sepper, J.J. O'Brien, uh, any, uh, any of those guys we've had over the years, uh, we put the ball inside. Malik Pope last year, we played off him in the post a lot. So I like to have some post presence when we play the game. We're talking to Brian Dutcher, head coach at San Diego State University. You talk about Watson. You, you had Watson out there and Jeremy Hemsley. Jeremy's, uh, uh, you know, these are, are they both seniors? I know Jeremy is. Is Watson a senior? Yeah, uh, yeah. Devin's a fifth-year senior because he transferred from San Francisco in Saturday right. year, so he's got five years of experience. Jeremy's a, a fourth-year senior. He started, obviously, his first two years and a couple games last year, so uh, I sleep well at night knowing I've got good guard play, experienced guard play, and that's a good way to start the season. Well, one of the questions I was going to ask is, is it an either-or situation with these guys? Because am I, am I wrong for thinking at times they can, they can both be asked to do the same thing in terms of having the ball in their hands coming up the court? Yeah, Darren. I mean, this day and age, you need multiple guys that handle the ball. It's such a dribble-drive game and playing off ball screens, attacking to the basket. So the more ball-handling guards you can have out there that can attack, the better off you are. And so the thing I've got to do is if I start them both, which I'm planning on, is when I have to rest them because I definitely want one of them on the floor all the time to kind of play that point guard position. So I may have to stagger the rest, you know, and maybe take one out a little earlier than he's used to coming out at the start of a game just so I don't want them both tired at the same time. How much were they on the court last year simultaneously? Well, when Trey was hurt, Kel was hurt, and he was hurt all a part of eight games, Jeremy stepped back into that starting lineup with Devin. So those two played a lot of minutes together, especially when Trey was out. Uh, when Trey came back healthy, that put Jeremy on the bench, first guard off the bench for either Devin or Trey. So, you know, they played minutes together. They're good together. They, they play off each other well, and I'm hoping that uh, shows tonight when we start the exhibition season. Brian Dutcher's joining us on the Mighty 1090. You mentioned Trey Kell, and I remember when you guys – when you were scuffling in the regular season, you know, it, it was everybody's analysis, your analysis, people who cover the team, that, you know, th- this is tough to analyze right now because the Aztecs are playing without their best player, the best player being Trey Kell, who you just referenced. Has, has that player, has that role on this team emerged? I mean, I, I'm looking over the roster and I can say, well, it could be this guy, it could be this guy. 
or maybe we need to play 15, 20 games until we figure it out. But last year clearly defined Trey Kell was your best player, which is why the Aztecs seemed to struggle during the regular season in his absence. Do you have an identifiable best player heading into the season? I don't think yet, Darren. And it, was, it wasn't it was Trey scoring. That's where the mystery was for people that couldn't understand. Mm-hmm. Devin Lettison scoring last year, Lettison assists, Lettison free throws. So some would argue Devin was our best player, but Trey was probably our most important player because when he came back healthy, he would have six assists, seven assists. He was kind of the setup guy that made everything go. And so I think Devin will continue to score at a high level. Matt Mitchell score. Uh, uh, Jalen McDaniels will be a, a good scorer and rebounder. But it's who's that setup guy? Who's going to step up and make everyone else around them better? And I think time is going to have to play out to see who that player is going to be, who has the assist over the basket. Interesting. Uh, so, Dutch, you also have a couple of changes on the coaching staff. And this is something, again, everybody's got to deal with it from time to time. But uh, without Justin Hudson, who has moved on, without Tim Shelton, who, who you know, had a different role, uh, you welcome in a couple of new coaches. Tell us a little bit about them. I'm real excited about my staff. Rod Palmer, uh, high school coach, uh, won a CIF and state title, uh, moved on to Long Beach State where he worked with Dan Munson for 11 years. So he's got great experience, uh, both as a recruiter at the high school level, coach at the high school level and then defensive coordinator for Dan Munson at Long Beach State. So Rod brings a great stability, a great experience about him. And then Jay Morris, who I hired from San Jose State, obviously familiar with the Mountain West, was an assistant at San Jose, was an assistant for Musselman at Nevada, uh, uh, knows the L.A. area as a recruiter. And so Jay brings a great presence also to the staff. And so uh, I like, I, you know, I like continuity. I like having the same guys back when we play off each other. But I think having new voices, uh, new ways of presenting things is also good. And so we're taking advantage of that right now. I was going to ask, you mentioned that that uh, Rod Palmer was a defensive guy. I, I don't know that I've ever heard the term defensive coordinator. It seems like, you know, it's such a football term. But we, we know that Justin was such a, a defensive-minded guy. Were you specifically going out when you were thinking about replacing him on your staff? Is that... Is that the exact trait that you were looking for in an assistant coach? You know, I was less concerned with defensive, offensive coordinator type situation. I, I was more concerned with stability, maturity, uh, a guy that's done it, uh, could be a presence on the floor, and that's what I got in Rod. So it just worked out that he ran the defense at Long Beach too, and so that was an added bonus. But, uh, you know, I, I had, Darren, I had head coaches from other Division One programs applying for an assistant's job at San Diego State. So I had a really big pool of coaches available to me. I had assistants from Power Five conferences wanted to move over here. And so I took my time, and I think I really uh, uh, hired two really good people for San Diego State University. You had current head coaches, like guys who are who are currently employed as head coaches who were inquiring about the vacancy on your staff? Absolutely. Current, Absolutely. Currently head coaches. It's a matter of, sometimes it's a matter of timing, Darren. Maybe they've had a couple tough years, and – they're, they want to stay ahead of the curve. Maybe they're thinking, hey, if I don't have a great year this year, I might be out. And they also know that uh, uh, three of the assistant coaches that were at San Diego State all got Division One head jobs. Marvin Menzies at UNLV, Justin Hudson at Fresno State. Obviously, I got the San Diego State job. And so this is a place guys come to, to uh, 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 build their resumes and then to move on to another head job. Can you tell us? I mean, you can't tell us who they are, though, right? No, no, I can't do that. 
You would, that would put him in a no. bit of an awkward position, that wouldn't it? That would put him in a little bit of an awkward position, exactly. Right. Guys currently employed, anybody you might be facing? Was Coach K asking uh, no, you for a job? Even, see, look at was you, it Coach look at the K? investigative side of this thing with you. No, I cannot tell you any. No clues. No, where's Waldo? We can find out who this guy is. Not happening. It was Krzyzewski, wasn't it? Oh, he would love to come here. Live in San Diego, get out of Raleigh-Durham? Heck yes. <laughs> All right, we're talking to Brian Dutch here. It's the Mighty 1090. Uh, you get Jalen McDaniels back. This was a uh, yeah, this was a significant story of interest with him and the decision that he made. And, of course, he kept you waiting right up until the final couple of minutes. Um, for him, knowing what his, his future is, at least as defined by him, he wants to be a pro player. Are you, Coach, under... Yeah, any sort of obligation, probably not the right word, but um, are, are you part of helping him get there? Like, in other words, you know, what is, how do you help him get where he ultimately wants to be, assuming it will be after this regular season? My obligation is to win games at San Diego State and, and put Jalen in the best positions to help him help us win games. So, you know, Jalen is – he got to work out for 10 NBA teams at their facilities because of what he did last year as a freshman. He played with a high motor. He, he played with great energy. He rebounded the ball. He, he was a great scorer, mid-range, 15 feet and in. And so he just needs to continue to do that. He's added to his game that three-point jump shot, which he's getting more confidence in. He's a little bit better handling the ball. So this is just a progression. This is not – highlighting him anymore he got highlighted as a freshman or he wouldn't have got workouts for 10 teams so it's just continuing on that uh that growth pattern that we've got him on right now do you have to to pay any extra attention to jalen mcdaniels this season you know if the nba guys have gotten in his ear and told him you have to do x y and z in order for you to make the jump from really good college player to potential pro is there anything that you have to monitor with him to make sure that he's fitting in with the team construct and not sort of out there on his own thinking about his own future? You know, I don't think that, that's not in Jalen's nature to start with. You know, in the NBA people are, I mean, uh, that may be things you get from, from um, people that don't know the game. The NBA people know the game well. Mm-hmm. And so all they want him to do is play the right way. Play hard, show what you showed last year, maybe show a little bit improved jump shot. You know, and they were all – they all said to a man that he was a better shooter than they thought he was when they worked him out. So just show that in game play and, and don't try to change yourself too drastically. Just be who you are and be a team player, be about the right things. They're looking for, for team players that, that can fit their system. You know, the, the, there are not a lot of superstars out there in the draft. They have to come in and, and play a role if they're able to go to the next level to start their careers being a role player. And I remember Kawhi Leonard saying that in an interview when he, First was with the Spurs. He says, I'm a role player. And the, and the announcer said, what do you mean you're a role player? He says, they don't run any plays for me. So, so you've got to fit in <laughs> until you make it. So Jalen just needs to grow his game where he can fit in at the next level and then grow it from there. I think the most shocking thing you just said was that Kawhi Leonard consented to an interview. How did we all miss this? When did this I happen? I, wa- I, did, I want so. proof of this. When did that happen? I'm sure it's one of the few he's given, but it was, yeah, it was out there. I remember it to this day listening to it. Did he laugh in that interview? I mean, a lot was no, made about I his laugh no. in the press conference. No, he's laughing now. Yeah, I've watched all the videos of him laughing. Kawhi's got a great <laughs> sense of humor and personality. You just have to get to know him for a while. You know, he's not out there right away. You, he's got to warm up to you. Right, which is easy. It's hard to do. 
I mean, I've been told he's even up there sometimes. He just pulls the curtain and does his own thing, even up on the Mesa when he's out at the Jam Center. Oh, when he's in the Jam Center, it's work. It's Leave like, him alone. Leave him alone. Once I start my workout, this is work. This is serious business. I don't want to start shaking hands <laughs> and signing autographs when I'm putting my work in. And that's that work ethic is part of what's made him great. Oh, yeah. my gosh. He's so God-given ability and a, and a work ethic that matches. Hey, Coach, listen, uh, the, the conference schedule doesn't get underway for, for uh, quite some while. So maybe we've seen the conference predictions, et cetera, and where the Aztecs rank. You guys ended up finishing fourth in the standings last year. You know, and I will admit that there's a time where I take a bit of a cynical approach to college basketball. I say, all right, wake me in March during these conference tournaments because for, for a couple of years, the Mountain West has been nothing but a one-bid league. You have Nevada who's sitting there inside of the top ten. They had a good run last year into the Mountain West. You were a multi-bid last year, but – it was because you guys ended up winning the Mountain West Conference Tournament. The conference as a whole, what do, what do you make of it heading into the 18-19 season? And, and is it a conference that will, will have cynics like me thinking, well, it's just another one-bid league heading into March. Wake me when the Mountain West Conference Tournament starts. I mean, obviously, everyone feels Nevada's going to be a tournament team no matter what happens. Right, that's good. You know, they'll, they'll hopefully build the resume where – they have the kind of non-conference success where people have them penciled in. Then we have to have a second team that's capable of doing some things. We have a schedule to do that kind of damage, but it's going to take a great effort with a young team going to, to Maui to play Duke and then either Auburn or Xavier and then the other sides, Gonzaga, Arizona, Illinois, and Iowa State. So we have some opportunities to build a, a non-conference resume for ourselves. And so – uh, for the Mountain West to be good, there's certain teams that have to be good every year. It's San Diego State, it's Nevada, it's UNLV, it's New Mexico, you know, the traditional powers in the league. And so uh, the four of us have to have good years every year. And then there's teams that, that, that put a good senior class together and have made it to the tournament, a la Colorado State, Wyoming. You know, teams like that have gone, you know, Fresno. You know, so they don't have it every year, but every three or four years, they get a class that goes through that matures together, and they have a, a formidable year. So we have to hope that's one of those years where where we all hit on the same cylinder and we get multiple bids. As it, as it sits today, do you feel like you are one of those teams, that you are a team that whether you win the Mountain West Conference Tournament or not, you, you should be a candidate for the NCAA Tournament? The way we look at it here, Scott, we've been to Scott, the NCAA tournament. You're killing me with the oh Scott. my God, I called you, guy. Darren, you're going to kill me on I this. Am. That I apologize a thousand percent. But uh, uh, we we've been to the NCAA tournament seven of the last nine years, and so for us to sit here and say we don't think we're going to go, or, or it's a long shot for us to go, we're so used to going that we want to go and we think we're going to go. So. Whether we do it in the non-conference, do it in the non-conference and conference together, or put that run together in a conference tournament, we're used to going at San Diego State, and that's more of an expectation. I like that. Appreciate it. Even with the slip of the tongue there, Dutch. Appreciate that. I, I'm not on enough anymore, Darren. That's the problem. And I whose fault is that? Week. You're in the room with the guy whose fault that is. I think you should have a word with him. You're welcome on the show anytime, you know. You know, all you have to do is ask me. I love you guys. All right. Do you, all right last thing, are you on social media yet? No. no. Well, how do you no. find out who these recruits are picking? How do you find? How do you keep tabs on Boogie Ellis? How do you keep tabs on all these guys when all they do is is put their pronouncements out there on Twitter? I I have a bunch <laughs> of young assistant coaches that come in and tell me every day what's happening in the world. 
So <laughs> I don't I don't have to research it. They come running in and show me. So even though I'm not on, I'm updated constantly on on the state of recruiting and and what one person's posting or not posting. And you know, recruiting's the it's the lifeblood of the program, but it's also the most challenging thing we do. Okay, a lot of fans out there. I don't know what you can and can't comment on, but about Jaden McDaniels and about this kid out of Mission Bay High School, we we hear about all the coaches who are flying in. Do they give you a heads up, courtesy heads up, when uh, Patina or, or uh, Kay is coming to town or? Uh, Calipari coming to town, they at least give you a courtesy head up, or do they sneak in here on their private jets? When you're when you're Coach K or you're Roy Williams, or you're coming to town, you're not sneaking in. It's pretty out there. They're not like, hey, Dutch, I'm coming in. Just so you know, I'm going to be on the ground. I'm going to Mission Bay High School. Yeah, they don't call up and ask to go to lunch with me before they run over there. So they kind of just show up in town. And uh, and it, it's it's, you know, it's great that we're involved in such good company. Obviously, I can't talk about the kids right, individually, but uh, we're recruiting some really good kids that are getting national attention, and it's good to be in that company. It's even better if you can get one of those kids to stay at home or, or to come to San Diego State. Well, we appreciate it. Tickets still available tonight for those that might be a bit unaware. There is no broadcast of the game a little later on. It is an exhibition. San Diego State, beginning a 2018-19 campaign, second season under Brian Dutcher, an NCAA tournament team a season ago. Chaminade, as I said, kids, Google it. You might learn a little something about SDSU's opponent tonight. GoAztecs.com if you're interested in some tickets for the game this evening. Dutch, we appreciate it. Good luck and belated happy birthday again. Thank you. Thanks, Darren.